Chapter 5 and verse 10. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 reads Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you. Say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets who were 
before you. And in James chapter 1, verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be able, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. How to deal with painful things. Repeat that after me, please. How to deal with painful things. You may be seated. The nature of a man's life is determined to a greater extent than almost anything else by the way he responds to and deals with painful and difficult things. The nature of your life is determined by your capacity to deal with strange and painful and difficult experiences. Some would disagree with me. They would assert that life is determined by education, by wealth, or by one's social level. They would claim that it's determined by one's family connection rather than how he deals with painful things. But you can have any of the things that I've mentioned, education, money, so on. But if you have no way of dealing with painful things, you will still fail and you will still be defeated. One tragedy, one misfortune completely destroys some people. Sickness, bereavement, relational problem, a divorce, a betrayal, loneliness, economic difficulty, these things destroy some people. And they sit and droop, vegetate and complain, and literally waste their lives away. They never really live again. Their life can be described as before the tragedy, after the tragedy. And they want to talk about nothing else except the pain and the trouble that they have had. But may I tell you today, everybody faces misfortune, pain, and suffering at one time or another. Everybody, not just poor people, not just unsaved people, everybody is going to face some pain. When mankind disobeyed God, rejected God's plan and God's will, sin entered the bloodstream of humanity, and death and suffering and sickness and a host of negative factors became the lot of men. Thank God God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, who experienced pain for us on a cross. He died on that cross. He arose again from the dead. He does not now eliminate pain and suffering, but he promises, Lo, I am with you always even until the end of the age. And so pain and sickness are still a part of life, but God is there to help us and to sustain us in the midst of our pain. 
So a way of dealing with pain is needed because these negative forces are inevitable. They cannot be avoided. And may I tell you that salvation does not excuse or exempt you from suffering. How many of you know that's right? There are some people who think that it should, or that it does, and that they living for the Lord ought to be exempted and that they don't have to have any kind of pain and trouble. But my Bible said, they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Not may suffer, not ought to suffer, but they will suffer persecution. It rains on the just, Matthew 5 and 45 says, it rains on the just and it also rains on the unjust. But salvation can give you a way of dealing with painful things. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, salvation will not eliminate your pain, but it'll give you strength to deal with your pain. If you don't have Jesus, you really don't have a way of dealing with painful things or even good things. You can drug yourself. You can bury your head in the sand and try to pretend that nothing is happening. You can do whatever you want, but you won't find lasting or beneficial relief until you accept Jesus Christ. But when you are saved, Christ in you is the hope of glory. And you receive forgiveness and renewal and you receive restoration in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when you are saved, you can deal with painful things because you know that you're on friendly terms with the ruler of the universe. The believer knows that his father rules the universe. Therefore, he rides easy and free in life because he knows that God the Father knows what he is doing. A little girl and several other passengers riding on a speeding passenger train across the nation and somehow the train hit a bump and went into a shimmying and a shaking and everybody on the plane was shocked except a little girl who was sitting there playing with her doll and relaxing. Someone asked her, hey, why aren't you afraid? Didn't you feel what just happened? The little girl said, yes, I felt what just happening, but my father happens to be the engineer on this train. My father knows I'm on the train and I know everything is going to be all right. Listen, be not dismayed for the Arab time. God will take care of you. Tell your neighbor, God knows what he's doing. The universe is not some cold, alien, hostile place for the believer because he knows the father of the whole cosmos has the world in the palm of his hand. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home? Since Jesus is my captain, my constant friend is he. His eyes are on the sparrow and I know he watches after me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eyes are on the sparrow and I know he watches over me. The believer can deal with painful things because he knows that they will not last forever. 
That's the first thing I want you to tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor it will not last forever. The Bible says it came to pass that Jesus did this and it came to pass that the disciples went to this place. But listen, the reason the Bible says it came to pass so much because it really did come to pass. Your suffering came to pass. Your trouble came to pass. Your sickness came to pass. Whatever you're dealing with, go ahead on and deal with it because it did not come to stay. It came to pass. And right now, God is working it out. Tough times don't last, but tough people do last. Are there any tough folk in here today? Hallelujah. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I just thought I'd remind you that the Bible says God is working it out. You might not know how to deal with it, but give God a little time. He's working it out for you, and all things are going to work together for good. The believer can deal with painful things, but they do not always do so because they don't know how to deal with painful things. That's what I'm going to try to tell you today. I'm going to try to tell you how to deal with what you're dealing with. The Bible says the spirit of a man will bear his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? And so to deal with painful things, you've got to have a relationship in your spirit with Almighty God. And you've got to understand the place of painful things in the divine economy. Some bad things that happened were going to happen anyway. They're just a fruit of the sinfulness and the disobedience of man and the earth. And these things have passed upon the earth. So there are some things we can't avoid. We cannot avoid death. We cannot avoid sickness. It's going to come upon us at one time or another. God never promised a life without pain. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. They happen, but thank God they are not forever. And so just look over at your neighbor and say, whatever you're going through, it won't last forever. It came to pass. It did not come to stay. But also, it's good to know in the midst of our pain that Jesus is with us. The Lord is on our side. We will not fear what man shall do unto us. And Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the earth. But then you need to know something else about pain. The devil and his followers hate to see a saint of God. They hate to see one whom God intends to use. God intended to use Simon Peter, who became the head of the church and the leader of the disciples. And the devil knew that. And Jesus knew that the devil knew. And he knew that the devil was going to attack Simon Peter and try to destroy him before he became the great man of God that God blessed him to be. But Simon Peter held on, and Jesus prayed for Simon Peter. He said, Satan has desired you that he may sift you as sweet, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail you not, and when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. So he's saying to you, child of God, the devil knows God intends to use you. 
that you're destined for great things in God, the devil is going to attack you, but hold on and believe God. Jesus has prayed for you, and when you are converted, when you're blessed, when God takes you into your destiny, reach out and help your brother and your sister. So if you're going through something, start just helping somebody else. If you begin to turn your attention to lifting folk and encouraging folk, no matter what you're going through, God will not only bless them, but God will bless you too. And so if you're going through something, get busy for the Lord. Tell your neighbor, get busy for the Lord. Anything the devil can do to stop you, he's going to do it. That's his job. Now you do your job and know that greater is he that's in you than is he that's in the world. Hallelujah. The, de the devil will make all kind of promises to get you off track, but he's nothing but a liar. The truth is not in him. Your confidence is that greater is he that's in you than is he that's in the world. But then beyond that, understand that a problem can sometimes be a blessing. Temptations are inevitable, but sometimes they can be a blessing in your life. Realize, number one, that you're not the only one who's going through trouble. Not the only one who's going through pain. And if God brought others through, God is going to take you through. Don't let a temptation, don't let a trial stop you. Let it make you declare yourself and announce to the devil, devil, test me if you want to. Bring trials into my life if you want to. But I am going to hold on to my faith. I'm not going to let anything stop me. And if temptation makes you declare yourself, temptation is a good thing. And it makes you take a stand for Almighty God. You never know what you'll do until you're tested, until you're tried. But God helps you and sustains you and enables you to declare, I'm going to hold on to God. Lift up your hand, just tell him, God, I'm going to hold on to you. But temptation and suffering also build up your strength and build up your endurance. You can't become a great athlete sitting in front of the television, eating cake and ice cream. You become a great athlete by going through the test and the trials of physical rigor and physical strain. You can't become a great saint without going through something. You've got to be out on the stormy seas of life and go through something and let God bring you out on the other side. Then you can talk about what God is able to do and what you can do in God. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to God. Hallelujah. Temptation and suffering can remind us of our inadequacy and of our humanness. It can help us keep our feet on the ground and help us to stop believing that we are able to deal with whatever we are confronted by. Even Jesus himself, a man of sorrows, was acquainted with grief, but he was able to go through what he went through so that he can help us to go through what we've got to go through. We have not a high priest who cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, but who was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, we can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace to help in the time of need. 
Jesus has gone through everything that we might go through. Every trial, every test. But he came out victoriously. And since he was able to do that, we can come boldly and find mercy. How many of you need some mercy today? And grace to help. Hallelujah. If we use the mercy, we don't need so much grace to help. But if we need grace to help and mercy, the Lord will provide it for us because Jesus went through what we're going through. Tell your neighbor, Jesus has gone through what you are going through. And then the psalmist said, it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. That's Psalm 19 and 71. And then in Psalm 119, I beg your pardon, and verse 67, he said, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept your word. When you come through something, you're sometimes better able to really live for God than you were before you went through it. You're settled and you're mature. You have an experience of God. You're not naive and, and, and over arrogant and over confident about what you've got to deal with. But when God has brought you through something, not only are you more mature, but you're able to reach back to me and help me to come through what I'm coming through also. Get your neighbor by the hand, pull on that hand, and say, neighbor, I'm pulling for you. You're going to make it in the name of Jesus. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. When suffering broke out in the New Testament church, many of them had to move out of Jerusalem. And they went, the Bible says, everywhere preaching the word of God. It seemed a bad thing that the persecution broke out, that they had to leave, but it's a good thing because the gospel was spread all over the world when they went out from Jerusalem. God can use suffering to make people solid like a rock. I said God can use suffering to make people solid like a rock. Do you know what it takes to make a rock? Number one, it takes pressure. The pressure has to activate and operate on the elements, on the soil, even on the mud, and push it into a dense mass. Pull it and push it until it becomes more congealed and more solid. Not only does it take pressure to make a rock, it takes time to make a rock. Sometimes hundreds and hundreds of years before that mud ball can really become a rock. It has to be under pressure for hundreds of years. And then the third thing that it takes is that it takes water to make a rock. The moisture activates the chemical elements in the rock. And finally, it takes heat before you have a rock. Years of pressure under intense heat over a long period of time can make a rock. And if you're not willing to go through the pressure, if you're not willing to take the time, if you're not willing to stand the heat, you might become a mud ball, but you'll never be a rock. Is there anybody in here that wants to be a rock? If you want to be a rock, I said if you want to be a rock, you've got to go through something. Go through pain, go through trouble, go through distress. 
But let me tell you one more thing. Now that you know how God works, if you want to really be what God wants you to be, if you want to deal with pain and deal with suffering, learn how to rejoice. Jesus said, rejoice when men persecute you and say all manner of evil against you. Falsely rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. And James said, when you go through trials, count it all joy. When you go through various kinds of trials, all kinds of tribulation, stop crying. Have enough faith to believe God and say, God, your word said for me to rejoice when I was going through trouble. Lord, I don't understand it, but I'm going to say hallelujah. Anyhow, never let your problem get you down. When misfortune comes your way, lift your hand to God and say, hallelujah. Raise your hand and say, hallelujah. Anyhow, not only should you rejoice, but you ought to thank God. For the Bible says in everything, give thanks, your thanks and your praise. Encourage or discourage the devil. Make the devil discouraged in his endeavor. He hits you with his best shot. And instead of crying, you started rejoicing and praising God. Somebody lied on you, but you said, Lord, by faith, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to glorify you in the name of Jesus. That's what Joseph had to do. Joseph was hated by his brothers, but he kept on going and he kept on holding on. His brothers threw him into a pit to leave him to die, but he kept on trusting God and he kept on holding on. They were sold, they sold him into slavery. And as a slave, he endured great and terrible difficulty, but he kept on holding on. Hallelujah, the wife Potiphar lied on him and had him thrown in jail, but he kept on holding on. In jail, he was forgotten about by the baker and by the butler for whom he had done a great service and a great favor. He was captive in jail for many years, but he did not lose his faith. He kept on holding on to God. Finally, the Pharaoh had a dream and Joseph was ready with the interpretation of the dream and what Pharaoh needed to do to come out of his predicament. And Joseph was made vice president of the land of Egypt and those same brothers that sold him in the first place came to that place and Joseph knew them, but they did not know him. But finally he said to them, I'm Joseph whom you sold into captivity, but don't feel bad about it. I'm not going to hurt you. You intended to hurt me, but God meant it for my good. Tell your neighbor my problem can be for my good. So thank you. Joseph said, thank you for selling me into slavery. Thank you for hating me. Thank you 
for everything I've endured. Thank you, Potiphar's wife, for lying on me. Thank you, jailer, for keeping me. Thank you, Baker and Butler, for not holding me back, forgetting about me. Thank you. Thank you. You intended to hurt me, but God intended it for my good. Tell your neighbors intended to hurt me, but God meant it for my good. Yes, yes, it was for your good. Come on, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. It's all right, it's all right, right now. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it might have hurt you, but it's all right now. Come on and praise him, praise him. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Anyhow, when misfortune comes your way, lift your hand to God and say, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Child of God, don't get discouraged. Don't you dare give up. God said it's going to be all right. Tell your neighbor, God said it's going to be all right. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Hate me. Hold me back. Jesus. Then go ahead, drive the nail in my hand. Drive the nail in my feet. Go ahead and bury me, but I shall rise again. And if Jesus arose, everything is going to be all right. Jesus got up from the dead. If he got up from the dead, he can deal with your problem, your difficulty, your trouble. In the name of Jesus, grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, Jesus died on the cross, a painful thing. But on the third day morning, he got up. That's a wonderful thing. Go ahead, go through your trial. You've got a third day. You've got a third day. You've got a third day. Tell three people, I've got a third day. third day on the third day morning I'm gonna get up in the name of Jesus you shall rise in the name of Jesus you shall succeed in the name of Jesus tell three people it's going to be all right i 
Future, and it's all right now in the name of Jesus. 